to the home of professional football, Canton, Ohio. Hello and welcome to another episode of the College to Canton podcast, the perfect show for any and every college football and NFL fan. I'm your host, Travis May, and if you're joining us for the first time, College to Canton is a show where we talk about everything from college football recruiting to in-season college and NFL breakdowns to NFL draft coverage, all the way to discussions as to who should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It's about that journey from recruit to the Hall of Fame, everything in between, all these fun stories to talk about, all these players to break down. But so we always talk some fantasy football since this is a Road of His Radio podcast, but we also make sure to dive into some real college football and NFL analysis too. And this week, I am joined by a very special guest and friend, Dwight Peebles. You can find him on Twitter at FFPeeblesChamp. That's P-E-E-B-L-E-S, FFPeeblesChamp on Twitter. He is the host of the Devi Manual podcast and also does some video work over at Dynasty Nerds. Uh, longtime friend. I think we've been talking, you know, football for, I don't know, at least five years, dating back to my days as the Dynasty Life podcast host. So glad to have you on the show. I, I think I've had you on each one of my podcasts before, but this might be the first time you joined the College to Canton show. Uh, so how you doing, Dwight? I'm good, man. Yeah, it is. It's my first time to do this one. I'm really excited. I still consider you the main reason why I do Debbie and all that. So it's all your fault that I went down this deep rabbit hole. So. <laughs> well, I apologize to uh, your friends and family. <laughs> but yeah, it's just always fun talking about college prospects and NFL prospects and getting into all types of fantasy football from from normal redraft to dynasty leagues and, and even Debbie leagues where, you know, we can have college football players on our teams year over year, even into college to Canton leagues where we can have the full, you know, college fantasy league and NFL league running side by side. Uh, there's all, uh, if you like fantasy football, there is all sorts of weird leagues for you uh, right now. But uh, I know right now, uh, this time of year, we are what, three weeks away or less from the NFL draft, depending on when you're listening to this. I know everyone's still arguing very loudly over which quarterback should go here or there and what running back or what wide receiver runs too slow or too fast and whether or not their pro, pro day times or measurements mean this or mean that. And everyone's talking about this stuff and they're going to. We'll get back to that after this week's show. But last week, I actually dug into some future NFL stars, uh, you know, some of the big names who are eligible for the 2022 NFL draft and the 2023 NFL draft with my buddy Matt McCoy breaking down some current returning college players. But I, what I've realized based on feedback from many listeners of the show is like you guys actually care about prospect analysis and all these college players right now. Uh, and we haven't really talked much recruiting this spring. We're not going to talk about a bunch of like future recruiting classes, but the incoming names, these, you know, first year studs and duds that, that could make an impact on their college football teams in year one, or perhaps it might take a few years to, to actually gain a role. I just, I think we need to talk about these guys because these are the names that we're going to be talking about just a few months from now that are going to smash quickly and, and make a difference and already be getting hyped up in, in NFL draft discussions. I mean, like I think back to Rondell Moore, his freshman year. I mean, in his first game against Northwestern, he blew up and Everyone was talking about Rondell Moore, wide receiver one, you know, and that was like three years ago. And like Trevor Lawrence, you know, immediately usurping the quarterback at that time and Kelly Bryant and all this buzz of him coming in. So I just want to talk about some of the biggest names that are entering college football right now that are going to be eligible for the NFL draft before we know it. And so, Dwight, I had, had you come on to talk to these guys because I know you dig deep into every level of college football just like I do. 
So I want to talk about just all the top recruits coming in right now that could that could make a difference and some that might be rated highly but might not do something right away. So let's let's kick it off, dive right into the quarterback discussion because that's everybody likes talking quarterback, especially right now, especially since we've, we're, we're about to have five quarterbacks taken in the first round of the NFL draft at the very least. And that's it. That's if, you know, somebody doesn't, doesn't reach for Kyle Trask or Davis Mills or somebody else in the later round, later part of round one as well. But so everyone's hyped up because every single year, it seems like we've got a new Oklahoma quarterback to be excited about, uh, whether it's Kyler Murray or Baker Mayfield or, you know, Coming up, it's going to be Spencer Rattler. And behind him, we've got a true freshman this year coming in by the name of Caleb Williams, Oklahoma. Quarterback won by consensus according to the 24-7 Sports Composite rating. But is is he your quarterback one in this freshman class? Actually, he is not. I have him down a little bit. Um, the main things that worry me when I watch him play is, I mean, he's got that escapability. His, uh, he's an elite athlete, and, and he's... He's got a really good arm, but what worries me the most is his decision-making. I feel like his accuracy is really inconsistency. He looks to run first too much, which is obviously something that can be coached. But I'm worried about his consistency downfield, the way he manipulates the pocket. So there are some worries that I have about him. He's, I mean, he's got all the tools there, and he's going into an offense, which will obviously, once Spencer Rather leaves, it'll be his. You would think it'd be his offense, so unless they get some sort of weird transfer or something, you never know what Oklahoma will do. So Caleb Williams has got a lot of things that you like, but as far as like overall, I'm not buying into the the consensus of being you know the number one quarterback. I have I have some concerns about him at the next level. So I like him a lot. I'm not downplaying him, but I do have things I worry about when I watch him play. Yeah, and Caleb Williams. I mean, coming into you couldn't ask for a better situation probably, and maybe if Spencer Rattler was in this NFL draft and he could start year one. But I, I don't know. Lincoln Riley's system, it, it's it, its very quarterback friendly. But at the same time, it would be asking him a lot to come in and just uh, be the guy uh, from the start. So, yeah, I mean, Caleb Williams, he's been the guy in the class for a very long time. Uh, you know, he had crazy passing stats, cra- even some crazy rushing stats. Not as good as my quarterback one in the class. But uh, still definitely like his raw tools. And I do like his mobility, especially when where the NFL is going and what they look for in quarterbacks but for me I actually really like Tyler Buckner a guy who is a true freshman at Notre Dame he actually missed all of last fall because he was in California and most of California if not all of California missed their high school football season last fall he actually transferred into a different program it was set to actually you know dominate he had had an insane season with 50 plus touchdowns to only like six interceptions and had like 1,600 rushing yards. He absolutely killed it at every level of the game with deep passing and an immediate passing, throwing off platform, resetting his feet outside the pocket, uh, showing dual threat ability, everything that you like to see quarterbacks do. He didn't have a killer Elite 11 uh, performance, which is a competition where a bunch of the best quarterbacks compete. Uh, just last summer, it was actually a rainy, rainy few days in, in Nashville where they tried to have the Elite 11 last year. Uh, last summer but uh, you know some people want to knock him for that performance but in terms of in-game film he has some of the best and he's coming into a situation where he's competing with two guys who have basically never started at the collegiate level and Jack Cohn who uh, hasn't actually played a game either 
since uh, the 2019 season because he missed all last year for Wisconsin with an with an injury. So where are you at with with Tyler Buckner? Because I know he he was a five star, uh, but he's kind of dropped down the list after missing his senior season. It's funny to hear you say that because he is actually my quarterback one as well. Um, I absolutely love watching the kid play. I think the notes that you said that you have are the same basically that I have. I think he's just a, he's a baller. I mean, the kid can play. I love the way he improvises. He throws on the run really well. He's got really good arm strength. I know he'll he's going to sit behind Cone. They're kind of saying that Cone will be the starter this year. They haven't said it, but it's being insinuated, and that's kind of what what Kelly does there. So. He's going to get your ear to sit, but I really, really love watching Tyler Buckner. I think he's going to be a guy that can put it all together, and he is my my top quarterback in this class. I I didn't know anybody else had him up there, so I'm actually in a comp, camp at a freshman auction right now where we're auctioning, and I have almost a quarter of my budget invested into him because I really, really, really want to get him. So yeah, man, Buckner's my boy, man. Yeah, and I've actually had him on a team for over a year now, personally. Uh, just because I play in some super weird deep leagues where you can have even high school players on your team. And it's funny because last summer he had inside the top 30 overall, according to the 24-7 sports composite, and uh, nothing happened. He didn't actually play. He didn't get worse over that time span or anything. But, you know, some people who had an opportunity to play uh, kept playing this this year, and, and now he's some, somehow all the way down to 70th overall in the nation. Still a highly touted four-star, but according to the composite rating, he somehow got worse by not playing. Uh, so that's an interesting take. Uh, according to consensus, obviously you'd want to get more experience, but the raw tools and ability in his ridiculous season that he put on, on display in 2019 is incredible. And really, given what Notre Dame has become, I could see Jack Cohn getting the veteran nod heading into the year, but Jack Cohn is not going to go win you games. Jack Cohn is going to not screw up. He's going to be okay. He's going to be efficient enough, uh, but he's a statue, and they're replacing a lot of the offensive line there at Notre Dame. I think Jack Cohn is going to struggle immensely this year out of the gate, and Tyler Buckner is going to come in one series, score Basically, four touchdowns on that one series because that's mathematically possible, and uh, never give the job back to Jack Cohn. Uh, you know, somewhere around week four, week five of this year, and take Notre Dame back into the playoff conversation in year one. I think he's got that kind of potential. But any any other quarterbacks you're super high on? I know like Ty Thompson at Oregon could be in line to to win the job early if he can beat out. Uh, you know, the grad transfer there that think people thought uh, would, would win the job last year, Anthony Brown, or wh- whatever else happens there. But uh, are you are you high on Ty Thompson or any other freshman quarterback coming in this year to make a difference? Yeah, I like Ty quite a bit. I, I can't see him winning the starting job. Um, I think it'll still be Butterfield, but who knows? I mean, it, I like what Ty, Ty does as far as his elusiveness as well. Um, he also has a great arm, great arm strength. Um, he understands how to use touch. You know, he doesn't just rocket the ball. There's a lot of things to like about him, but he also kind of is tends to run a little too early as well. It, he's an interesting fit to see what he'll do in Oregon because that's something that Oregon has not really had, it seems like, in a long time. But yeah. other guys, I mean, shoot, the buzz around Kyle McCord, Ohio State is interesting. I'm kind of, I mean, he looked amazing in spring so far. So I think he's still a long shot to win. But to win the starting job, but who knows? I mean, they yeah. they got still got CJ Stroud there, so it'd be interesting to see if he could beat him out. So yeah. I don't know if you think Kyle's got a chance at that or I really still like CJ Stroud and, and what he does uh, as a dual threat way more than I do Kyle McCord. McCord has an incredible arm, but I could see it being a situation where CJ Stroud beats him out and McCord realizes, oh boy, man, CJ Stroud still has two more years before he goes pro. 
McCord transfers somewhere else and has maybe not, well, not a Joe Burrow year, but has some success elsewhere. You know, I think of this right. situation being kind of similar to a little bit different because he's less proven. But, you know, like that uh, Justin Fields situation coming in with Jake Fromm and Jake Fromm keeps winning games. And whoever the quarterback is, is going to just keep winning games for Ohio State because they're Ohio State playing against the Big Ten. Um, and, and so McCord might get bored and transfer. Uh, so that, that could be a situation to watch uh, for sure. I, you right. know, I, I'm not sure where you are on, on Vandegriff, but he's definitely not going to beat out JT, JT Daniels in Georgia. Sam Heward, no, I'm not confident, not. is going to be the guy at Washington. I think that that's still up in the air, very much so there. Even J.J. McCarthy at Michigan, a lot of these top quarterbacks might not necessarily be given the reins right away. Drake May, UNC, definitely not. And, Obviously know, not. Yeah, because yeah, Sam Sam Howell's there. Even Jake Garcia at Miami. Uh, if Derek King's healthy, he's not going to get that job either. So all these guys, and the, the two quarterbacks even at USC, uh, they're, they're sitting behind Slovis. So, yeah, right. there's just a lot of these top quarterbacks that we might not see action from very early, or even a couple of the guys we mentioned might not. So we might be incredibly underwhelmed by this crew of quarterbacks unless there's this hopefully not but unless there's a surprise injury or somebody just comes out of nowhere to uh usurp a veteran that we're not expecting uh but this quarterback class they're coming in at a a tough time given uh the established veterans ahead of them in their programs uh but moving on to running back because i want to talk about several of these guys trivion henderson ohio state they keep on bringing in just it just luxurious class after just crazy in depth class at running back and wide receiver, and they get the running back one consensus by just about everybody that I've talked to uh, in terms of his his skill set, his his ability to be a, a feature back at the next level and, and be an impact player in year one for the Buckeyes. Is Travion Henderson your running back one as well? Oh, absolutely, man! I don't even think. I don't think anybody's getting real, real outside of the chalk with this one, but I think he's going to even see carries right off the bat. I'm, I've never been a huge Master Teague guy. Um, I think Travion's going to get work early. I think he's the type of guy who has that physical skill set. You watch his game, and he is very mature. Like he's very well developed. He's athletic. He's got moves. He starts, stops on a dime. He can lower his shoulder and get power. Great vision, great burst. I mean, he does just about everything as well as you like it almost the right size already, even at 5'11", 195. So add on a little bit more, but man, he is just, he's awesome. And it's going to be good. I'm glad we're going to be able to see him for a couple of years. So he's going to do some fun stuff there at Ohio State. I love yeah. Travion, man. Yeah, you said it. I mean, we we saw, you know, J.K. Dobbins come in when he was a freshman. And uh, at the time, you know, I think uh, there were a couple of guys still there uh, I, I'm blanking on his name, the guy that we thought was going to be something three years prior to him, and he came back for another year and ended up getting six-round capital of the Cowboys. But, you know, D- Dobbins just showed up and was like, hey, man, uh, I'm the best guy on the team and made a big difference as a true freshman. I, I think we could see that kind of impact uh, or even more from Travion Henderson for o- Ohio State. So, yeah, I, I'm right there with you. Balanced skill set, crazy speed, every <laughs> everything you want to see. And a future running back, he looks the part. Uh, and and we could talk a while just about the five star hit rate for running backs, but it's been pretty solid uh, over the years, especially for these these top guys uh, up in the same tier as Travion Henderson. So that is definitely who I'm staying with, who I'm believing in. After that, though, the running backs uh, in this class, the top tier guys, might not necessarily have a clear and obvious path to action. I mean, on guys like Kamar Wheaton, guys like 
Well, LJ Johnson, Kamar Wheaton, obviously at Alabama. There's a mess ahead of him. LJ Johnson, there's still a mess ahead of him. Maybe three guys ahead of both of them in their freshman year, even though they're borderline five-star and five-star running backs. Uh, you know, top guys might be waiting on an opportunity. Uh, are, are you a Will Shipley of Clemson or Donovan Edwards of Michigan fan when it comes to uh, this this overall running back class? I am actually a fan of both. Uh, you mean the better than Travis Etienne, Will Shipley, that one? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people, yeah, <laughs> people getting a little bit ahead of themselves when it comes comes to Will oh, Shipley. I, I, yeah. He's got a good opportunity as well. You know, with Lynn, I'm not exactly afraid of Lynn J. Dixon or Chaz and Lucy. Both are, you know, decent backs. So I like Shipley a lot. And the fact that he's already shown in the spring game what he can do as far as a pass catcher. Um, he's got the burst. He's, he's natural at pass catching, so we don't need to worry about that. A really smart guy who reads his blocks really well, and he's got a pretty open you know, a pretty open path to a lot of touches. So I think the same is true with Donovan Edwards, though, as well. And I like him a lot as, as also a guy who plays strong, has good balance, vision, and he's also pretty natural catching the ball. He had 33 receptions as a junior. You know, he doesn't have the elusive speed, but he's a one-cut go, get up field, you know, and he's got – I mean, I don't know what your opinion is. I can't think of the other guy in Michigan. Blake Corum. I'm not a huge Blake Corum guy. No. I think he's, you know, a complimentary tight back. So yeah, nobody. Edwards has got a chance there to emerge. Yeah, nobody really wowed last year for Michigan. I, I, I'm I'm thinking, right. you know, Zach Charbonnet took one look at Donovan Edwards and was like, oh, crap, <laughs> that guy's better than me. <laughs> and out. just peaced out, went to UCLA. <laughs> uh, seriously, though, Edwards has been uh, one of my favorites for a couple years now. Uh, the guys, his detractors say, oh, he runs uh, too upright. Uh, he doesn't have enough wiggle. But he just runs in a different way. He, he doesn't uh, necessarily have to uh, make you uh, stop and start miss, but he's going to set himself up to be uh, kind of a contact. Uh, he's not afraid to, you know, to just punch you in the mouth and, and, and keep going, you know? So he, he's got that contact balance that you like to see. Michigan does a great job of absolutely wasting top tier talent. So let's hope that's not the case with Donovan Edwards, but he is, uh, he's, he's my running back too uh, in this class and somebody that I believe can make an instant impact in year one. Will Shipley is in an interesting spot because coming off the spring game, he did do, do really well, but the coaching staff, they were talking up Phil Maffa, uh, the other running back, uh, more than anybody else uh, coming out of uh, the spring game. So with him and even Kobe Pace returning, uh, it, it will be interesting to see if it's if that's more of a, a committee type, uh, type setup than it is a feature back role for Clemson in this year upcoming. Outside of those obvious top tier, it feels like after the top five or so running backs, there is a tier break between, you know, Trayvon Henderson, Will Shipley, Kamar Wheaton, Devon, Donovan Edwards, LJ Johnson. Feels like, especially when it comes to by the recruiting services and how they rank players, it seems there's a tier break. Uh, but who do you like outside of that range to have a big impact in year one this fall? Yeah, we talked about it pre-show. There is a Camaro Edmonds at you at the North Carolina has got a pretty good chance. I love his size at 5'11", 227. Already got that NFL size. Um, he has caught the ball at 21 receptions as a junior. Um, I like his cutting ability. He's not the speediest guy, but he has really good balance, power, very patient runner. I could see him being a... Uh, you know, the one B to Ty Chandler this year in UNC like off the bat. So I think they'll give him a chance because Ty Chandler to me is, I, I don't know, he's, he's, he's all right. You know, he's definitely showed flashes and had, you know, a time where we thought he might be a good back and 
where he was, you know, kind of up there in the Debbie rankings, kind of a, yeah, to me. And uh, so I think Edmonds has got a really good shot at UNC. And then another guy I really like a lot is Trevion Khalid from Louisville. I think he's just, he's going to get a really good chance there. I love that size at 5'11", 208, incredibly, incredibly fast. It already has been timed at a 4440. He's smooth, fast. I mean, he just, he kind of reminds me of a little bit bigger of a Javion Hawkins. So he's going to fit right, right in that offense. And if they give him the ball, it's going to be seamless. Like, so I love Cooley and Edmonds both quite a bit to make a splashier one, possibly. Yeah, man. And I do like Kamaro Edmonds quite a bit, just coming right into that Javante Williams role. They're going to need somebody to take the mantle there. And the guy, well, they don't have anybody returning that, that's really able to do that, in my opinion. So, yeah, Ty Chandler is going to be the Michael Carter. Kamaro Edmonds is going to be the Javante Williams. And that offense for North Carolina is going to pick up right where they left off. And Ty Chandler is going to get drafted. Uh, probably higher than a lot of people think just because of how he's going to smash this year for UNC. And really, Todd Chandler, if you love just watching fun highlight mixtapes of, of guys from high school, he has one of the best. He really does. Like, it just his burst and speed. And that didn't work out because, you know, University of Tennessee is really bad at football these days. But hopefully he, he can get in a, in a healthy offense with a good quarterback and actually finally star. But Kamaro Edmonds is definitely one of my favorite players in this entire class. I, I've People are really coming around on him, understanding the opportunity he's stepping into is absolutely incredible. And Cooley, I definitely, I'm coming around on him. I had him lower uh, just in, through my first and second kind of pass, even even last year. But uh, def, given the opportunity with Hawkins not no longer there, but still bringing back Malik Cunningham, uh, they like to feature a back there. So he could be in line uh, to inherit a huge role early on as well. One name that's not obvious to a lot of people, and we mentioned UCLA briefly when talking about Jack Zach Charbonnet transferring there, and they do still have Britton Brown, uh, former Duke uh, transfer. But Deshaun Morrell, uh, he's actually a kind of a smaller uh, school uh, recruit, you know, kind of a late riser last fall when it comes to recruiting processes because a lot of teams were scrambling to, to send him offers and he was committed to UCLA for quite some time uh, and then Penn State tried to come in and convince him that he, he could be the feature but you know they have kind of a mess returning there so he decided to uh, briefly decommit from UCLA and then almost act like he's going to Penn State but then go back to UCLA the dude it was like a 2,000 yard type rusher with fourth you know verified four threes type speed and he actually has more offers this year than some of the five stars. So I think it was he was one of those guys that came on later, uh, smashed against a lower-level competition, but somebody that could be better than just about all the four stars and, and could end up being a five-star type talent. Now he's 5'11", 190-ish or so, but he's got sprinter speed and great contact balance and, and can catch as well. So Deshaun Morrell of UCLA, even though he's you know just a high-rated three-star, uh, definitely a name to watch just given how he was a late, the late surge and everyone was trying to figure out a way to get him on their roster late in the recruiting process. And I think he can beat out Bretton Brown. And Zach Charbonnet, I've never been super high on him either. He can at least be a 1B and, and match perhaps some of the magic that Demetric Felton put on the field. Anybody else that we haven't mentioned that you want to kind of dive into that could be an instant impact player at the running back position? Um, the only other one that I thought of was Demir Collins for Oregon State. I like his burst, yeah. his um, shifty 
really really good at making people miss. He's a guy that can be more of a weapon. And Oregon State is has always had an offense that can do <laughs> can optimize a back like him. Yeah. He's surprisingly powerful, even though he's 5'9", 185. So he's kind of a dark horse. I think he could have some production year one. He's a guy I'm trying to get later in my C2C drafts and stuff this year. So cool. I like him quite a bit. Nice. Well, I think we've covered a lot of running backs and lots of quarterbacks. Going to dive into wide receivers. But before we do that, just a word from our sponsors. What's up, Rotoviz listeners? It's Colin Kelly here, executive producer of Rotoviz Radio and one of the co-hosts of the Rotoviz Overtime Podcast. I just wanted to drop by and say thank you, as always, for listening in to another Rotoviz Radio production. As a loyal podcast listener, you can save yourself 10% off a Rotoviz NFL pass right now at rotoviz.com forward slash podcast or by simply adding the code RVRADIO2021 at checkout. That'll get you access to all of the content and tools on the Rotoviz website, the best tools and content in the business for the best listeners in the business as always we do appreciate you listening to each and every show and if you do have 5 10 15 seconds to spare please drop a rating for today's show on your favorite podcast app it is much appreciated with all that said thank you once again for tuning in i hope you have a great day now let's get back to the show all right and we're back so diving into wide receivers now some freshman difference makers first year studs and duds uh, at the wide receiver position. I'm really looking forward to see what happens here because we could see some surprises in this class because the top wide receivers, just kind of like at quarterback as well, a bunch of these top wide receivers are coming into muddy situations with much more proven guys ahead of them. Or maybe they're coming into situations where it's just a blue blood program and there's like four other guys in their class and four other guys. You know, it's just, you know, Ohio State, Alabama, LSU, all these top programs keep stealing all of the top wide receiver prospects. And it's and it's so frustrating because it's like you want to, you know, get get this right and pick the right Alabama guy to get excited about. But then you're like, holy cow, Alabama has like four guys they're bringing in this year that are all top 60 overall players in the nation. LSU doing pretty much the same, just a little bit lower at, uh, you know, like the, you know, up in the teens range with a few of their guys. Oregon, same deal. Ohio State, same deal. Oklahoma, same deal. If you look at just just four or five programs, they own essentially all of this recruiting class's top incoming playmakers. So what are you doing with that? Like, how do you how do you sift through, you know, a, a mess that is Alabama bringing in four freshmen? Same with Oklahoma. They're bringing in like four guys all in top 150 as well. Like, who are you really excited about at wide receiver up, up, up at the you know elite level, top tier, five star, four star guys? It is weird. Like, like my top 12 is literally Ohio State, Oregon, Alabama, Oklahoma, Ohio State, you know, Alabama, Oklahoma, LSU. It just goes <laughs> back and forth. It is kind of crazy. And what it's done it to me is in the drafts that I've done thus far, I, I kind of it makes them almost feel like they're in a tier of themselves, like by themselves. Like if I can't get to Corey Brooks, I'll get Jojo Earl. If I can't get Jojo Earl, I'll get a Jai Hall. You know, like I'm not putting any sort of emphasis on which one I get. I know that sounds kind of crazy, but like I like Emeka Igbuka, but I also like Marvin Harrison Jr. a lot. So I, <laughs> it's been weird. Like I, I, it's kind of made it hard and almost makes it feel like I, I'm not prioritizing any of them just because I think – They've all got a pretty good shot. I do have one yeah. guy, Lonnie White Jr. from Penn State up in my top 10 who I like quite a bit. But I also think Penn State's been pretty much a death. Like It almost <laughs> seems like wide receivers go there and die almost. You know? So, yeah. But, you know, like, I, I love, mean, yeah. it's interesting <laughs> so because they've got... Lonnie White? I love him. Yeah. 
Because they did have KJ Hamler. He got day two capital. And they've got Jahan Dotson, (laughs) who uh, took over the offense last year. Parker Washington was a true freshman. Uh, They do shed Pat Frymuth, so maybe there's some some of the pie left there. And Lonnie White's kind of a big big body target, unlike Jahan Dotson. So he could be a different type of player. But definitely Penn State. You know, wide receivers in their strength and conditioning program, they've turned some players in some, into some crazy athletes. So that's one non-obvious, big-name, top-tier wide receiver recruit that I think, uh, you know, among most people's boards, he's around the, you know, the 10 to 10 to 15 range a lot of times in, in this class. But just breaking down the Alabama guys, because through the, the spring practice, they've kind of made it clear it's 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 always this way. Uh, but the, it seems that anyway, they they basically said, you know, are coming out and even acting like the, the quarterback position uh, in that battle. It's not even clear, but it's going to be Bryce Young there. Uh, but uh, the wide receivers, you know, Mechie um, looks like it might be his year to be the dude. I wasn't sold on that just a week or two ago. Uh, but seeing that, you know, Jojo Earl's not even on campus yet. Ja'Cory Brooks at IMG, you know, he didn't have many opportunities for catches last year i think he only played in five games just because of img's kind of crazy scramble to even have a season last year with their their traveling and all the weird stuff that they do playing teams all over the country and then uh hall i mean he exploded uh, production wise but i'm not sure he fits the normal archetype of what lm receivers have looked like here lately christian leary might be a vertical threat but for me, I think the the guy that fits what Alabama does right now and has been doing here recently is JoJo Earl, but he's not even there as an early enrollee. So uh, we might not know which one of these guys is going to take off until week two, three, four, five among these top names. But I think long-term Ja'Cory Brooks is the play, but I think early breakout type production might be with JoJo Earl. Uh, if you had to bet on any of them to break out early, who would be your bet? Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I think JoJo's it because of what he brings to the game. Um, he can fill that kind of that speed role that they they seem to have liked to feature the last couple of years. I don't think Mechie can fit that role like um, Waddle or no. Rugs. So I I think he he can fit in there and do, but it, it's so hard to tell. Like I I'm in the same boat as you. I think Jacory's got the best prospects long term. I like Ajayi quite a bit, but I think JoJo's going to be probably the best bet to make it early. But really, Alabama wide receivers just exist to ruin our uh, early dominator rating. <laughs> yeah. That's all they yeah. exist for. So. They, they, they just like to so, confuse yeah. us with you know slower breakouts and lower peaks of production exactly. just to make things confusing when they actually get to the league. But yeah, Emeka yeah, Aguka at Ohio State, uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., I think it's going to be one of those two that I like uh, most coming up. I mean, they've got a mess at wide receiver just uh, because they've got a yes. Chris Olave, they've got Garrett, Garrett Wilson, they've got you know Julian Fleming from last year, Jackson Smith and Jigba from last year, and now they bring in three other guys. And uh, I, I am interested though in, in the fact that Marvin Harrison Jr. already as of today has already shed his black stripe that they actually put down the middle for freshmen that they basically have to earn their standing as a contributing team team member uh, among the Ohio State Buckeyes. And he was one of two freshmen to shed their black stripe today. Uh, Jack Sawyer, obviously, they're, they're at monster of an edge rusher coming into this class this year, was the other. But Marvin Harrison was the guy to shed it to kind of prove his his mark already. So, you know, the son of, you know, the Marvin Harrison coming up here, uh, I actually think he might be the, the breakthrough guy after Wilson and Olave are gone. Uh, he could be that technician uh, and, and I, you know, difference making market share uh, owning kind of leading dominating wide receiver, even more so than a But I mean, that's kind of crazy to say because 
he is the consensus wide receiver one. But I think Marvin Harrison Jr. might be rated way too low among the uh, recruiting services being around like, you know, wide receiver, you know, 15 to 20 by many of them. Are you on the same page there? Right. Yeah, I am. I, I think I heard on, um, I listened to a lot of the 24 seven shows and they actually even admitted that they had ranked him too low. So I think they, they knew, you know, that, uh, I mean, he plays the game. It reminds me so much. He, he's not the same as his father, but he has that mental processing that was Marvin Harrison's one of my favorite players of all time. Like yeah. I just loved watching him with the Colts. I, I just think he was a smart guy who never lost his head. You know, it was just, I like that guy that can get it done and it's just level. You know, and it is not. Yeah. I just really respected Marvin Harrison a lot, and it, it shows in his the way his son plays too. He's very cerebral. Yeah, I, I like that. I could see that happening as well. Absolutely. You know, I'm a huge fan. Shifting over to Oklahoma, of Billy Bowman. Billy Bowman Jr. He came in this year as an athlete designation, uh, but he's an incredibly productive wide receiver who also could be a defensive back, who could basically play most any off-ball position on the defensive side of the ball, probably. But, uh, you know, he actually chose Oklahoma, and his family, they kind of chose Oklahoma because, you know, Texas was the other program that he was looking at. But, uh, you know, they were thinking about putting him on the, on the defensive side of the ball. But his final season in high school, he had like 80-plus receptions, monster, monster season with like 15 scores, clearly a wide receiver now for Oklahoma. Uh, Mario Williams, also highly touted prospect in this class. But if you had to choose the the wide receiver one to kind of come in and, and make a difference out of this really bunch of four or five new guys and new faces for Oklahoma that aren't named Marvin Wims and Theo Weiss, who are probably going to be the guys getting targets this year, you know, Austin Stogner as well at tight end. But who's going to be the difference maker in this class? Is it Mario Williams, Billy Bowman, you know, one of the other guys like Jalil Farouk or another, another name down the list for you? Right. It's Mario. I have him as my wide receiver four, actually. Um, I really like, I think he's a reliable receiver that creates separation, like at all levels. It's his feet. He has incredibly, incredibly quick feet. I, I like watching him a lot and he's great after the catch as well. So I think he's got at 5'11", 178. He's got pretty decent size. You'd like to see him add a little bit more, but I mean, I think he could be a terror at Oklahoma. So he'll, he'll fit right in there. And I mean, yeah, him with Mims too. That, that's scary. I mean, that, that offense could be really incredibly scary. Maybe we do need. Maybe I do need to bump Caleb Williams up. So, <laughs> like, yeah. between Mario Williams and yeah, I just it, it's nuts, man. So yeah. it's Mario Williams. With the, and me. when the wide receiver four in Oklahoma's group here coming in, Jaleel Farouk seriously runs sub four four. Like he's their <laughs> he's their fourth guy. It's just insane. Even and even like Cody Jackson, he could be a thing as well. But I'm banking on one of Mario Williams or Billy Bowman. Being the guy, but I think a guy that can do literally anything and everything with the ball in his hands—that's Billy Bowman. And so I think he could have maybe more touches in the first year, but Mario Williams might be the true heir apparent to take over the the largest chunk of targets post the Oise and post uh, Marvin Mims uh, one day, perhaps. But any other guys outside of like the big big name schools? I mean, we didn't even get to the Oregon guys. Uh, I guess we could talk about Troy Franklin for a second. Are you are you a Troy Franklin guy? I mean, I, I certainly am. I just, I hate, I mean, Oregon, they just do a great job of really messing up wide receiver careers. Uh, so are you high on right. Franklin at all? Um, I have him up there, but I have my my hesitations as well, just because of the offense the situation. Yeah. Um, I do like a lot of uneasy him, situation. Guy, yeah. Right. 
a guy I wanted to mention down low. I got to mention my Michigan State guy, Keon Coleman, man. I, I love this kid. So I was so excited he chose Michigan State. And he's been getting a little buzz on Twitter, which kind of annoys me. Um, be quiet, please. <laughs> I, I, I actually have not been able to get him some drafts because some guys will take him in the 12th and 13th round. I'm like, damn you. It's mine. It's mine. <laughs> 22 touchdowns on 35 catches as a junior, man. This kid is I, he's smooth. He's athletic, but he is he is incredibly raw. 6'4", 200, you know, but he's got a pretty clear path there as long as they can figure out quarterback beyond Anthony Russo. Keon Coleman's got a bright future ahead of him and a guy I've been trying to snap up, but some people, Nathan Bork in particular, take him always in front of me. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I definitely like that. I like extremely productive high school pass catchers. It doesn't always lead to NFL production or anything, but you like guys to have plenty of experience. And one of the guys that has been one of the most productive pass catchers in the entire nation at, at a high level is uh, Destin Hill. Uh, he actually changed his first name from like Paxson to Destin uh, in the past year in terms of what he actually goes by. But he's been one of the most really productive wide receivers in all of college and he goes to Florida State where he could uh, work his way into early targets there uh, kind of a little bit further down the list uh, for a lot of people but Destin Hill is one of my favorite uh, kind of yak guys in this class that is incredibly productive and has a situation where man if Norvell likes you and you're the the wide receiver one and and Norvell offense in a year that they're not basically rebuilding everything and restarting for the first time uh, I think that could be a fun situation for Hill in the very near future Uh, another guy I like who's actually still playing high school ball because of uh, California's spring season is Kyron Ware Hudson Uh, he goes to modern day of course in the Trinity League one of the top premier high schools in the entire nation. USC has Drake London. They have Brew McCoy. Some people still like Gary Bryant Jr., but I think Kyron Ware Hudson, uh, he, he's just a dominant wide receiver. He will throw you to the ground. He will win at the point of catch. He will add yak. He will do whatever he has to to get open, and he's uh, competing against all basically future NFL players on his team and still garnering significant targets, uh, and so I think he can come in and immediately be, be a difference maker for USC. Uh, USC's actually, I think they've moved at least one, if not two, wide receivers in a group that is not super deep for them to defensive back here recently. I think it was Josh Jackson or somebody else. They actually just recently moved to defensive back. So the line is clearing up for him to have some early career targets uh, this coming fall. Uh, but any other guys that you're particularly excited about in this class and making a difference early on at college for wide receivers? Anybody can think offhand, man. I was, I'm still pretty – I've got, like, my top 15, 20 guys. I'm still kind of diving through and, and sifting, you know, who I yeah. think is better than what they're being rated, you know. So, yeah, there's a – Destin Hill's a good one, and I also have, yeah, Kyron Ware is also is one of those guys I've watched just a little bit. So For sure. Yeah. I also like, Lor- I like Lorenzo I- Styles if Notre Dame doesn't waste him to, you know, pair up yep. with Tyler Buckner. Yeah. <laughs> I really, really like him. Yeah. Uh, and, and I also even like Gavin Blackwell at UNC just because they're replacing Diami and Daz. And I think Caffrey Brown actually just uh, kind of messed himself up in practice here this spring. So they don't have a lot of proven options that aren't like 47 years old like Bo Corrales. So <laughs> Gavin Blackwell coming in. Right. Uh, they also had another guy transfer out. So Blackwell, Gavin Blackwell, kind of a, a sleeker, slender guy but he could come right into that Diami Brown role early on if the team wants him to be a difference maker there as well but I hope you guys enjoy the show kind of digging into these 
uh, perhaps uh, difference making players, true freshmen that could, you know, really come out and smash in year one and make a difference and be in NFL draft discussions early this fall. Uh, but you know, man, and Dwight, this has been great. Just a chance to see your face, talk through some of these players that we're going to get way too excited about and half of them are, are going to bust anyway. But <laughs> but anything else you want to yeah. plug before we sign off here, man? No, man, just uh, happy to talk to you, man. It's a uh... Anytime I can get time to talk to one of the best people in the in all of Twitter and fantasy football, I I love it, man. Travis, you're my hero, but well, hey, I, you're I, the I, reason I <laughs> I love that. I appreciate so. it, man. I, I still remember us talking like early, yeah. early, like my very first podcast. You were oh, one of the first listeners, even crazy. just talking through some stuff years and years ago. So always a joy just to see you just diving in and enjoying it and doing the Debbie Manual stuff. And yeah, always good talking to you, man. So thanks for joining me. Uh, on, on the show and man we are seriously less than like three weeks away from the draft I can't believe it uh, I'll, I will, we will be getting back to some more rookie talk and some other things in the shows upcoming so if you uh, got bored to death talking about these freshmen you don't know <laughs> we'll get back to some rookie stuff here very soon but I look forward to you all joining me soon for many more episodes of the College of Canton podcast <laughs>